Hey there guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comic books, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. And we have a packed show this week. So we're not even going to, I'm not even going to get into some of the announcements. Uh, you guys kind of know everything if you've been following the Zeke Said So podcast or, or the YouTube channel. And let's not waste any time, let's get into the movie news and we're going to start off with this first movie news topic. And obviously, this is the big one. As uh, the title of this episode, we got ourselves a Godzilla vs. Kong trailer. Uh, the trailer has officially premiered on the internet. And it got a big reaction. In fact, it is one of the highest viewed uh, trailers uh, on the internet right now. Um... And it's really the trailer for the first, like, insanely big movie we've had, I want to say, since, well, we had Wonder Woman, but not really everyone was going back and watching the trailers for Wonder Woman 1984. Um, you know, but, like, I don't know, what was the last big, big giant release movie we've had? I mean, I don't know, but, um, you know... Uh, the Kong, the Godzilla vs Kong trailer, it has premiered. Obviously, I did a reaction to the to the trailer on uh, my YouTube channel, so definitely go and check that video out. You get to see me basically laugh and smile throughout the entire trailer. But I'm gonna tell you what, this trailer really just lifted my hype for this movie up. Before the movie came out, because it kept getting pushed back. And because I had heard things, I had heard rumors and speculation on that the movie just itself was having some trouble. Um, I honestly, my anticipation for the movie got lower and lower and lower. However, this trailer really did a good job of selling me on the movie again. I really... Cannot wait for this movie now. Now, one thing that I will say, they did delay the movie back by one week. So instead of it coming out on March, I think it was 26th, it's going to now come out on March 31st. Um, I think maybe that's because they got uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out on March 18th, and they want to kind of give Justice League uh, some breathing room. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's... it. Pfft. I'm really super excited for this. Um, one of the things that's actually very interesting about this trailer is it's very Kong-centric. This was a trailer that solely focused on King Kong. Um, I loved <laughs> that shot of the trailer where Kong is blocking Godzilla's atomic beam Basically pulling a Thor from Infinity War, except Kong actually went for the head. Um, it just was it. It was awesome. <laughs> like I, you can even see my reaction to the trailer. I basically covered my mouth and was laughing hysterically because it was just so awesome. But then there's that other moment where um, Kong basically shoulder tackles uh, Godzilla back into the water. It's awesome. Like that was that was awesome too, but for me, 
the line of the trailer. And I swear, I want this on a t-shirt. I want this line on a t-shirt. Kong bows to no one. Fuck yeah! <laughs> sorry, for my, sorry for my language, but that's awesome! <laughs> Kong bows to no one. I want that on a t-shirt. I want that on a poster framed and put up on my wall. That is one of the most awesome and the most badass thing I have ever heard in a trailer. <laughs> like it is so awesome. Um and yeah, I I loved it. I love the trailer. I think it's great. It's one of my favorite trailers of all time and uh yeah, it's yeah. I I haven't been more excited for a movie like I'm not going to lie. The same excitement that I felt for uh, Avengers Infinity War, I have that same excitement for um, for Kong vs. Godzilla. You know, it's just, it, yeah, I'm so, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait. So anyway, all right, uh, let's move on. But again, if you guys want my full in-depth reactions, go definitely go to the YouTube channel uh, at Zeke Said So and go check out that trailer reaction. All right. Uh, speaking of trailers, we got another trailer to talk about. Uh, Warner Brothers has released the second trailer for, uh, not Warner Brothers, sorry, <laughs> Disney <laughs> has released the second trailer for their new animated film, Raya and the Last Dragon. Now, obviously, we all know that this film is gonna be is gonna be released through the date and date release thing, where it will premiere both in theaters, in select theaters, and through Premiere Access. Now, you guys know me; I'm a theater guy, so I'm gonna go see this. Well. I use I say theater in quotations, but I'm gonna go see it at the drive-in. You know, I'm I, I'm a theater guy. I'm gonna go see this on the biggest screen I can, and I am gonna prefer to see it that way rather than either rather than pay for it on Disney Plus because I'm gonna tell you this right now. Um, theaters need the support. Like they they need the support. We need to keep theaters around for a little while, but. We got this second trailer for Ryan the Last Dragon. And I gotta say, I have loved everything that I've seen from it. I've loved everything that I have seen from Ryan the Last Dragon. Um, and I remember when the first trailer came out, I said I liked it. And then all of a sudden, everyone hated it. Everyone was like, this looks like the Legend of Korra. This looks like the Legend of Korra. I'm like, first of all... Shut your mouth and don't ever compare a Disney animated film to The Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra is an absolute pile of shit and should never be compared to a Disney animated film. So let's just get that straight. But I just don't understand what people saw in it that made them not like it. Like I thought it was a I thought that first trailer was really good and got me really interested in this. Um, it felt like something different, which is something that Disney is very good at. Disney is very good at taking 
concept, taking uh, stories that aren't the typical, like, that's what I loved about Hunchback of Notre Dame or even Zootopia. You know, it's not, it wasn't a typical, you know, Disney, it wasn't the typical Disney movie. It was something different, something unique. Um, Tarzan is an excellent example of that, where it it didn't follow the traditional kind of Disney uh, method. Now, I do want to bring up the trailer because I want to kind of break this down. Um, I want to break this trailer down because uh, I really like this trailer. And I'm going to talk about something when we get into it. I'm, I am going to talk about something, but I want to play this trailer if my computer will just load. Oh, man. Okay. Alrighty, I'm gonna play this trailer. Oh, come on. Sorry, guys, my computer's taking forever. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna watch the full trailer for uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Let me turn this. Uh, let me turn this up a little bit. Sorry, it's not. Turn this up a little bit. All right. We're going to watch this, and I'm going to push play. You guys can follow along with me, and I'm going to push play in three, two. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause it every once in a while to, to talk about certain shots of the trailer. So, all right. All right, guys. Remember what we're looking for, and don't trust anyone. Hey, baby. Where are your parents? Hey, uh, who's baby? See, already they got me hooked and they already have me, you know, on this, this feels like a, this feels like it's going to be like, you know, a fan, this already feels like a fantasy epic, you know, I'm, and I, and I think that's what I'm loving about it. This moment is just really funny. <laughs> now, apparently, there was some something going on behind the scenes where they had an original uh, voice actress on stage at D23, but apparently halfway through recording, Disney just decided to just not let her not have her in the movie and so they replaced her with kelly marie tran um which you know what i'm okay with because I, I like kelly marie tran and i kind of wish you know i was kind of hoping they'd give her more work after they really botched her role in the star wars sequel trilogy See, one of the things I love about this is that it feels very Miyazaki. Like the, the premise and and the the story itself feels like something that Hayao Miyazaki would have done uh, during the era of like Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle, you know. Um, but in it's going to be told through the perspective of I Disney. Let's go. 
And they're basically coming up with their own little, you know, kind of guardians of the galaxy here. Except, you know, in a fantasy world. And I gotta say, I, I do like the twist on the fact that the dragon is basically not, not, not the most tough, the, not the toughest dragon, but yet again, when you get a dragon that's voiced by Aquafina, you're probably going to get that character, <laughs> um, which, but I, I have nothing against Aquafina as an actress. I think she's hysterical, actually. I find her very funny in a lot of different stuff, and I cannot wait to see what she does here, but... Uh, Let's just be real. Like if when you get a, when you get Aquafina the voice of Dragon, that's probably what you're gonna get. <laughs> you and the Dragon are coming with me. Hmm. My sorcerer says we're not. I love. I just love the action and the, like. Like there was that one shot in the. Hold on. There's this wide shot in the trailers. Hold on. Hold on. There's this great wide shot in the trailer, basically where it's um the main character, uh, Raya, walking up to the what looks like the main villain of the story, and the sunlight is piercing through these like um through the walls of the of this uh, throne room. It, I swear, it looks like something straight out of seven like it looks like a, a old school samurai movie like i wonder if that's their what they if that's the research they did when um when coming up with with this movie because that's just what it feels like it very much reminds me of what um uh that episode of mandalorian um the jedi where um you know, Ahsoka and the Magistrate are fighting, and all of a sudden, it just cuts to this beautiful wide shot. It basically looks like a samurai movie. You know, that's what this shot of the trailer reminds me of. Um, so yeah, obviously we have the premiere access bull crap, but, um, now we talked about it on the Web Swingers podcast. We talked about it. If Ryan the Last Dragon is successful, this could lead up to Black Widow, um, ending up on Disney Plus. And if you guys want that conversation, I know you guys might expect me to repeat it here, but I'm not going to. Um, if you guys want to hear that conversation, go to the Web Swingers podcast. But the conversation I want to bring up is this. I talked about this trailer with um, uh, Robert Martinez. Um, and 
he had mentioned that it, it he he's not really impressed by it and i'm going and i and, and i thought it'd be interesting to bring this conversation up because i think this has the potential to be one of the greatest disney animated films of all time and i'm going to tell you why because it's different it's nothing we have ever really seen before um I, I shouldn't say that. We've seen something similar to this before. But the style and, and the way it's being marketed, it's not being marketed as, you know, we're a, Di- we're a Disney animated film with tons of songs and goofy little characters. This is being treated more like an action film. Like, this is being marketed very much like an action film. And I'm and I am all for it. Um and it also uh, is very um, it, it, the the tone and and the feel and the world all feels just so unique to what Disney has done before. Um, and again, like I said, it feels very Miyazaki, and and I think that's why this movie has the potential to be better than anything Disney has done. Um, well since Tarzan. <laughs> so, all right. Uh let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and move on to the final movie news topic and that is this. Tomb Raider 2 lands a new director. Uh and that director uh is Misha Green who is the showrunner for the HBO hit Lovecraft Country. Uh and she is coming on to, uh, uh and Misha Green is coming on to uh, write and direct the upcoming film. Now, here's the main question. Should there even be a, ter- a Tomb Raider sequel? No. I'm going to tell you why. Because that first movie sucked. <laughs> but they're going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway. Um, so, what do I think of the director? I'll be honest with you guys. I have not watched Lovecraft Country. Um, so, I... Don't know how I feel about Misha Green as a writer or a director because I just have not seen Lovecraft Country. Um, so all I have to go off of this is the fact that I didn't like the first Tomb Raider movie. Um, but I will say, at the hands of a new director, maybe this could be something different, maybe this could be something um, better than that first film um because as it stands i don't really like and but i will say this though about video game movies video game movies over the past number of years have sucked like going back to the mario brothers movie then we have that really those two really bad mortal Kombat movies um Doom was pretty bad. Um, I have, I do have a soft spot for it though, just because I used to watch it a lot when I was younger. Um, uh, let's see, There's a lot of really bad video game movies. Um, Warcraft was horrible. That was a big letdown. I was so excited for Warcraft, and that movie let me down so bad. Um, and. You know, but we, but you know, we have Uncharted, Tomb Raider, um, 
and and I'll and I'll be honest with you guys. Again, this was based on a video game movie. I thought Detective Pikachu was great. I thought that movie was great. So we've proven that it can work. But again, that's like one in a million other video game movies that have sucked. So if we can get Tomb Raider 2, Uncharted, um, uh, what else is coming? Uh, The Last of Us, which is going to be an HBO Max series. If we can get those video game adaptations to come out and be successful, then I think we could be entering into this renaissance of, you know, video game movies are going to become the next big thing. They're going to become the next big thing to adapt, you know, um, because comic book movies have taken over um, the, mo- the the movie theaters. Um, maybe it's video games uh, time to 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 shine uh you know because because here's the thing a lot of people have asked me but zeke why why is this why are we so focused on video game movies why can't we adapt anything else like toys or something like that here's the problem when you adapt toys is that like example you suck my battleship let's turn this into an alien invasion movie but that that that's not what the game's about, though. It doesn't matter. Turn it into an alien invasion story. <sighs> Whereas Tomb Raider, there's a plot there, you know. Or Uncharted. Uncharted basically is a movie in video game form. You know, like that movie put that game put storytelling before the gameplay, which. Is great. That's why I loved Uncharted. Last of Us, same thing. Last of Us Part 1 and 2 put storytelling before video game. And that's why I think Part 1 was so great. And that's why I think Part 2 got a lot of critical praise. Even though I didn't like it. So video games have become more cinematic as they've progressed over the years. We've entered in this new era of video games where we can now have games that tell unique stories. And I think that's why it's so much easier nowadays to adapt them into video games because there's a story there. You know, whereas back then, a movie like Mortal Kombat, how do you turn Mortal Kombat into a movie? It's a movie where you're literally picking and choosing your your fighters. Or Mario Brothers. How do you make a movie out of that and not have it be over the top and stupid? Like in live action. Animated? I'm sure in animated form it could work. But how can you take a Mario Brothers video game? How can you take that and turn it into a live action movie? You you can't. Without it being completely ridiculous and stupid. So... Who knows? I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and get into uh, the review. We do have one movie to review. I haven't done this segment in a while, guys. This is this is buckle in. This is gonna be uh, fun. So, uh, I got to see. I got to go to the to the drive-in theater. Which is one of the reasons why you didn't get the show yesterday. I got to go see. The new Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, Rami Malek film, 
The Little Things. Now, this film is is written and directed by John Lee Hancock, who directed one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, Saving Mr. Banks, uh, but also directed films like The Blind Side, The Rookie, and all all those other stuff. All those feel-good movies. And now he's directing something that is very dark. Um, so here's here's the thing. I didn't like this movie. I was really interested in it. I was really excited just on the premise. The just on the I have the fact that you you have Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and um, Jared Leto in a movie together. That just screams gold right there. And then you have John Lee Hancock, who, again, directed one of my all-time favorite movies, Saving Mr. Banks. So I know that this guy can direct really great movies. I didn't like this movie. I thought it was very bland. Um, I thought it was boring for the most part. Um it it fails at being a really great um kind of suspenseful cat and mouse game um it fails at that um but i will say this about the movie performance performance wise everybody in the movie's doing a good job denzel washington is obviously fantastic he's fantastic in everything he does um uh rami malek I think gives the better performance out of all three of the the major stars in this movie, and then Jared Leto is also really great. Um, in fact, there's a scene between uh, Rami Malek and Jared Leto that just had me kind of on the edge of edge of my. I just was like, almost I was like shaking because of how good that those two were together. Anytime that Rami Malek and Jared Leto are on screen together, that that's when the movie like really shines and really gets great. Um, uh, and Denzel Washington, there's a lot that they that he's doing that's very good uh, performance wise as well. It's when the movie tries to give you character development is I think where the movie fails because we don't really learn a lot about these characters other than what we're told. There's a lot of exposition, but most of that exposition is to basically tell you this character's backstory. Like, literally, it's like they're reading off of a cue card of this character did blah, 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 or this character did blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what it, that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like a natural, a natural conversation. Um, and, you know, and look. I don't if you have exposition in your movies, that's fine, but make it interesting and make it feel like a natural conversation. And this one, it just feels like, okay, we gotta we gotta fill in all the checkboxes, okay? Uh, uh character development, okay, one sentence explanations, done. Uh uh, you know, stuff like that. Um so and I will say the cinema look, the cinematography is very good. The movie looks very, the movie looks visually very well. Um, and again, the performances are fantastic. Um, and the music is really good as well. I love the score to the movie. Uh, Thomas Newman 
did a very good job with the score of this movie. But I just found the movie very boring. Um, it wasn't like, you know, whereas a movie like Seven is, that is a crime drama and we're solving a, a, a case. Whereas a movie like that is having you as an audience member in the situation. Like, you are you are involved in this cat and mouse game that is going on you're involved in the case you know and that's what made seven so fantastic the little things doesn't really do a good job of doing that uh they don't really do a good job of really making you feel like you're you're helping these guys solve the case you know or you know Whatever. I can't get into it without spoiling it just because there's a lot of things in here that are very spoilerific. Um, so I can't really get into it much. But it just, again, I just didn't feel invested in what they were doing. Um, so overall, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to give the little things a 5 out of 10. Um, it, it's not a terrible movie. It's a very well-made movie as far as the directing and uh, visual and performances, it's very great. But from a script level, this movie is very, very badly written. And I think this movie would have had if if John Lee Hancock would have directed it and somebody else would have written it, then I probably would have. I probably then then honestly, I think it probably would have worked a lot better. But you know, you have the fact that John Lee Hancock wrote and directed it. It just comes off as very uh, as of not as a not so great movie. So, all right, guys. With all that out of the way, we're gonna get right into the Q and A portion of the show. But before we do that, it is time for the for the uh, nor to the one and only part of the show where we take the commercial break. So, sit back, relax, and the Zeke Central Show will be right back. What is up, guys? It is me, Zeke the Geek here, and I am the host of the best podcast on you on the internet called the Zeke Said So Show. If you are a fan of the Zeke Said So YouTube channel, then go to the Zeke Said So Show where we talk about movies, video games, comic books, uh, you know, anything, anything and everything. We talk, we talk about it. I'm joined by uh, some guests, including the including Robert the Ghostwriter Martinez and that one kid or whoever want, whoever else wants to be on my podcast, they are welcome to join. I am joined by one guest or sometimes it will just be me by myself and you, and you guys get to join us as I take your questions after I talk about three movie news topics. We're talking about all things nerd stuff, nerd related and geek related. So if you are a fan of movies, television, video games, and comic books and much, much more, Go go start listening to the Zeke Said So Show on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. That is where it can be found. Zeke Said So Show, Anchor Podcast. Go check it out. Throwback Thursday is better than ever. If you go to the podcast feed on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, 
or wherever you get your podcast, you can go support Throwback Thursday. Starting on January 9th, you will get more Throwback Thursdays, starting with my review for Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And we're going to be reviewing all types of movies, whether they came out in in the 20s or whether they came out last year, whether they came out the year before that, whenever they came out before now, we are going to review those movies for you guys. So if you're interested, go check out the Throwback Thursday on the podcast feed, on the Zeke Said So podcast feed. Go check it out and let's go back to, well, the past. All right, guys, and we are back with this week's episode of the Zeke Sezzo Show. And now we're going to get into the Q&A questions. How do you guys send in a Q&A question? Very, very easy, actually. You just send them in through Twitter and Instagram, and I will make sure to answer them right here on the Zeke Said So Show. And with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and let's get into uh, the first question. And the first question is, thoughts on the live-action Harry Potter series on HBO Max? Uh, so yeah, that was another thing that was announced this week. They uh, HBO came, Warner Brothers came out and announced that they are going to be producing an uh, a live action Harry Potter series uh, on HBO Max. Now, right now, there are no details as to what the show will be about. Um, all we know is that there's a new live action Harry Potter series, and okay, cool. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a die. I'm not. I'm not a diehard Harry Potter fan. So, honestly, like I like the movies, and I read. I read the books, but I'm not like what you would consider. I'm not a Potterhead. You know, I don't love. Um, I I'm not obsessed with the world of Harry Potter. Um, I and I know a lot of people who are though. I I have a lot of friends who are obsessed with harry potter and when they found out that there was a a series coming to hbo max they were all sorts of excited so i know a lot of people who are and that's cool if you if you if you like and are okay with having a um a harry potter you know series then cool but um, I, I don't know, eh, eh, whatever, uh, so, okay, uh, are there any new shows coming to the podcast, well, uh, I am gonna be doing a, um, an announcement video on my podcast where I'm basically gonna be talking about updates for Zeke Said So in general, uh, I'm basically gonna do that video, um, I'm, I'm trying to find a good date to announce those, um, those announcements but here's what i will say yes there will be new shows on the podcast coming very very soon so keep an eye out for that uh thoughts on the matrix 4 title title is the title i title is not going to make a movie good and a title is not going to make a movie bad so i really couldn't care less um honestly i honestly am not really that looking forward to matrix 4 just be completely honest with you. Um, are you working on any feature scripts? Yeah, I am. I, I I write a lot of. I actually write a lot of feature scripts on during my spare time. Uh, I have actually three of them written. Um, all of which, if I were to try and get them made, they'd be too expensive. But um, yeah, uh, I I have 
three of them written. So, all right. Uh, do you think we can get another Pacific Rim movie? Uh, ha, ha. Well, anything can happen in a world where Ben Affleck is coming back as Batman and Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman and Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro. Then, sure, anything can happen. We can get a Pacific Rim movie. But do I want to do I want another Pacific Rim movie? No. Just leave it alone. First one was great. Second movie was a heaping pile of shit. Leave it alone. Just just leave it alone. That's all I have to say. All right. Uh, are there any best picture winners that you have that you've been disappointed by? If so, what were they and what movie should have won that year? Um, hmm, that is a good question. Well, good three questions. Um, any best picture winners that I've been disappointed by? Uh, well, I remember back in 2016, was it? No, 2000, basically the, the movies that came out in 2016, that, that Oscars. Keep in mind, you had movies like what was nominated that year. Actually, let me let me see because I know that was the year. That was the year they had that really. Uh, they screwed up basically. They had that uh, Steve Harvey mishap at the Oscars. Um, let me see. Okay, yeah, the, I'm I'm thinking of the okay. I was thinking of the right one. Okay, um, so keep let me f- find the nominations for best picture. Um, nominees for best picture. Okay, so this is the year you had La La Land. Arrival, Lion, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, Moon Knight, Hacksaw Ridge, Manchester by the Sea, and Fences. All nominated. Um, I had actually never seen Lion, so I had to take that. I have to take that one out. Moonlight ended up winning uh, Best Picture that year. Okay. And out of the other picks, La La Land, Arrival, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, Hacksaw Ridge, Manchester by the Sea, Fences. Out of all of those movies, Moonlight won the best picture. Which I found completely disappointing. Because La La Land was my favorite movie of that year. Hacksaw Ridge was in my top ten of that year. Manchester by the Sea, I thought, was extremely great. Fences, I thought, was an excellent directorial debut by uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, Hidden Figures was great. And Hell or High Water was so much fun. And you had Arrival, which I think is one of my favorite Denis Villeneuve movies. 
Out of all of those, Moonlight wins Best Picture. And I liked Moonlight. I thought it was good, but I didn't love it. Like I, I, I didn't think it, I didn't think it deserved the nomination that year. Because again, I liked it. It's a good movie, but was it really Best Picture worthy? You know, I don't, I don't think so. But, but I feel like I'm like that with every Oscars. You know, every year at the Academy Awards, I'm usually like, oh. That that's that's the best picture of the year. Okay, I guess. Uh, I think the last the last well, let me see. What I think last year they got it right. Uh, Parasite won, which I don't have a problem with because Parasite was a great movie. Um, yeah, no. Uh, let me see. Yep, nope, Knives Out wasn't nominated, that which is bullcrap. Um so yeah, if if Knives Out didn't win, then I probably would have picked Jojo Rabbit, and if Jojo Rabbit didn't win, then I'd probably pick Parasite, but um Yeah, Green Book, and that's another one where I was in twenty nineteen you had Green Book winning Best Picture, which that's another one where I'm like, really? Out of all the other movies that are on here, like a Star is Born, Vice, Black Klansman, The Favorite. Like, out of all those, Green Book wins Best Picture, really. Uh, 2018, let's see. Uh, oh, you know what? I thought, um, I thought, uh, Get Out should have won, or Three Billboards Outside Evan, Missouri, actually. Sorry. Yeah, that one. Because that was in my that was definitely in my top ten and one of my favorite movies of that year. Uh so yeah. Uh but no, but yeah, the most disappointing one for me was in 2016 when um one two thousand seventeen when Moonlight won Best Picture. That was just I, I will never understand that choice. Alright. Um did you see the posters for Zack Snyder's Justice League? I did um and eh yeah all right i again i don't understand what it's like Zack Snyder can come out and say i farted in the bathtub and fans will lose their minds that's just how that's just how Obsessed people fans are over Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder can literally get on Twitter and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, I farted in the bathtub," and you'd you'd have people going, "Oh my gosh, Zack Snyder said he farted in the bathtub." Um, you'd you'd have those people who'd who'd be obsessed with that. So, eh, whatever. Um, the poster's not going to make the movie any good. The poster's not going to make the movie any bad. So. I'll have to wait till I see the movie. Uh, okay. Thoughts on the Andy Circus Plan of the Apes trilogy? Um, I overall really love the trilogy. I didn't like Rise. However, I will say this. There was a video that was sent to me by a friend. And that video is called... What is that video called? Let me bring it up here. I don't know why I keep closing Google uh, or closing my um, internet thing. 
Um, Google Chrome. Let me see. I'm going to try and bring this up here. Nope, that's my subscriptions. Uh, all right, history. Do, 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 see all. Let me see. Okay, here it is. Uh, you know, there was a a video from a channel called Story Street, and it's called uh, Planet Planet of the Apes: The Perfect Trilogy Part One. And it's like the triumph of Rise. Now, if you guys have watched me for any period of time, you guys know I'm not a huge fan of uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Just, I'm just not a, not a giant fan of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. But I will say... That video made me want to, um, it made me want to go back and, um, uh, made me want to go back and watch Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So I honestly think I'm going to go back and watch Rise of the Planet of the Apes because maybe I was missing something. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Like, cause I hadn't watched that movie ever. I had not watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes since, well, since it came out. Like that's it's been a long time since I watched it. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe uh, I can go and um, watch it and uh, you know see what a. Uh, See what works. <laughs> anyway, um, let's go ahead and move on to the next question. Rank. Oh, no. Stop it. There we go. Rank all the Brendan Fraser mummy films. Uh, well, easily, um, The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor is number one. I mean, that movie's fantastic. Should have won Best Picture. I'm lying. <laughs> um, for me, it's. Literally, the rankings is one, two, three. Um, the Mummy nineteen ninety nine is my favorite. Uh, Returns I think is uh, fine. I think it's okay. Um, and then I have Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, which I think is one of my least favorite movies of all time. So, yeah, there's that. All right. Uh, which do you think is better, the Star Wars prequels or sequels? Okay, if we're judging it based on on the level of filmmaking and acting and writing, like dialogue-wise, the sequels are better. The sequels are better. Because the prequels has terrible dialogue, terrible acting, and really, really bad CGI. Okay, so if we're... If we're if we're comparing it on that level, then the sequel trilogy is better. However, as far as having a actual planned trilogy, a, a plan of where we're going from point A to point B, then the prequel trilogy is superior. The prequel trilogy is indeed superior because, unfortunately, 
the sequel trilogy, as much as I loved, I like I like Force Awakens and I love The Last Jedi. You can see the inconsistencies because there just was no plan. You could see JJ had a specific way of where he wanted to go. Then Ryan came in and was like, let's let's take it in this direction. And then JJ came in, made the Rise of Skywalker, and was like, let's just retcon everything. Because we're just going to prove to the audience that we had no plan. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, what are the chances that we see that new Gods movie? <laughs> the new Gods movie from DC. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, honest. I'll be honest with you. I have doubts that that's happening. Here's my thing. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. If DC can actually pull it out of their ass and finally make a new Gods movie, then I'll believe it when I see it. So, all right. Uh, let's see. Do you think John Lasseter could return to the film industry? Uh, I don't know if you want that. <laughs> Here's the thing. He's definitely not coming back to Disney. Let's, let's make that clear. John Lasseter is definitely not going to come back to Disney. Um, as far as him coming back to the industry in general, I, I don't know. Because I don't know how how Hollywood would react to it. Now, there was news a few years ago that John Lasseter was coming back to um, to be part of a new animation studio. Um, I can't remember, though, which one. Let me see if I can find it. Because as far as I remember... I remember hearing something about that. Um, let me see. So, um, so John Lasseter back in like 2018 uh, was hired to lead um, Skydance Animation. Um, so I don't know what's been going on since then. Uh, I don't know if we've, I, I don't think we've heard anything since. Um, let me see. John Lasseter. Sky dance. Let me see. So apparently uh, I don't know. Actually, okay. Well, here's here's something we heard in like twenty nineteen. Uh, 
Let's see. Ah, no, stop it. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, it it's um there's like nothing here that sends Yeah, I don't know, but as far as I know, he's he's go he's running the animation company Skydance. Uh, whether or not he'll actually be um, involved, like whether or not he'll actually get on camera and actually uh, talk about anything is is beyond me. Um, and for those of you, again, for those of you who don't know what's who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, John Laster is one of the founders of Pixar, and he's one of the three guys who built Pixar from the ground up. It was him, Steve Jobs, and Ed Catmull. Uh, John Laster would also go on and direct Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Cars, and Cars 2. Now, obviously, Cars and Cars 2, eh, but he directed the first three movies that Pixar ever made, and they were all great movies. Um, and then he became like the chief creative officer of both Disney Animation and Pixar, and basically brought in, ushered in this new era of Disney where they were making films like The Princess and the Frog, Tangled, um, Frozen, Zootopia, Wreck It Ralph, all those, all these movies. Well, in 2017, there were some accusations that came out and said that um, he. That when uh, several women came up and accused him of sexual misconduct, and he was eventually fired uh, as a result of that, which led to um, Jennifer Lee running Disney and Pete Doctor running Pixar. So I don't know. I don't know if. I don't know if there are going to be people who are ready to just let him start working again. Cause I know, I know a couple years ago, um, Emma Thompson wrote a letter to Paramount saying why she will never make a movie with Skydance because she can't work with John Laster because of everything she's heard. So I think the problem is, is that this whole th sexual misconduct is going to impact his career because a lot of, People out there are just not going to want to work with them because of the things they've heard, you know. So, um, but it is what it is. Um, and look, I like—I actually like John Laster's movies, and I like what he and I appreciate, I respect what he did for the company for Disney and Pixar. But unfortunately, the guy got himself into some trouble. So, uh, um, all right. Thoughts on Steven Spielberg's Catch Me If You Can. I like that movie. I, I really like it. I think it's fun. I actually own it on DVD. And I I, I, I've, I haven't watched it in a very long time. I think I might go back and uh, and watch it. So, But yeah, uh, I like that movie. Uh, favorite film in the Indiana Jones franchise? 
Uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, but honestly, the more I watch Last Crusade, the more I love it. So it might be Last Crusade. I don't know. It, it's it's a toss up for me between Temple of Doom and Last Crusade. Uh, so apparently Netflix's Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, isn't dead. Are you surprised, or do you not believe it? Uh, I don't believe it. I think it's dead. Um, of course, Netflix is gonna say it's not dead just so fans don't get on the internet and cry and complain. But it's it's dead, guys. Just trust me when when I say Avatar: The Last Airbender, the live action series, it's. It's it's dead in the water. So, um, but again, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, James Gunn revealed that he's working on the trailer. When do you think we will get it? Well, the movie doesn't come out till August, so I would say we will probably get our first look at it probably around April or May. Probably around April or May. Uh, is when I think we'll get our first trailer for that. So, um, and for those of you who don't know what he's referring to, the trailer for his Suicide Squad movie is what he's referring to. Um, all right. Uh, what wrestling story would you like to see a movie based off? And also, do you watch wrestling? Um, I'll answer the I'll answer uh, if the do you watch wrestling question first. Um. I don't watch wrestling like every week. Um, I definitely will watch it leading up to WrestleMania. So like from Royal Rumble all the way to their build up to WrestleMania, I will watch. And I'll watch everything before WrestleMania and then I'll watch everything. um, uh, I'll watch like maybe two more Monday Night Raw shows after WrestleMania. But I don't. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I don't watch it like I don't I'm not a huge giant fan of it. I I used to be back in middle school, I was a huge fan. Um, but I I don't really watch it as much as I used to. But what wrestling story would I like to see? That's that's a tough question. Um I know they were gonna make a movie about um Chris Benoit, uh the wrestler who is famously known for, uh, unfortunately, sadly, um, murdering his uh, his his wife and uh, son. Um, I heard that they were gonna make a movie with uh, about that uh, with um, Punisher Warzone director um, Lexi Alexander. Um, <sighs> What wrestling story would I like? I would love to see a movie. I would love to see a movie about um, um, Owen Hart and how you know he, um, and you know his his um his career in WWE that again tragically ended um, due to his passing. Thoughts on the movie La La Land? Personally, I think it's one of my favorite musicals. Um, I love La La Land. Like I said earlier, I thought it should have won over Moonlight for Best Picture. Um, I love that movie, and I love the soundtrack. I've been listening to the soundtrack to La La Land recently, and it's a great soundtrack. So, um, I love the movie. There's some dogs howling outside. (laughs) Uh, All right. 
Uh, two more questions. Uh, do you think if the sequel trilogy had been Lucas's original vision, would it have been more successful than the Disney sequel trilogy? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think box office-wise, um, maybe not. But um, from, a, from a story perspective, it probably would have been more consistent. But from box office perspective, I don't know because I don't think fans were ready to forgive George Lucas for the prequels. Um, because again, you got to remember the reason why they didn't go with George Lucas's vision is because the point of Star Wars Episode Seven was to uh, get fans back on board with Star Wars. And how do you do that? By creating a movie that's floated with fan service. That's how you do it. And they succeeded. But I remember saying, Force Awakens is the exception. I'm willing to let them have a lot of fan service and basically have it be a remake of A New Hope. But the next two movies have to be different and they have to take risk. Last Jedi did it, and a lot of people hated it. And then J.J. Abrams would come back and do the same thing he did with Force Awakens. Just make a movie about fan service. So, again, if if we were to get Lucas's original vision, it probably would have been it would have been way more consistent, and you actually would have had a plan from beginning to end. But as far as successful, like box office and critical, I I don't know. I I just don't know. Um. All right. And the final question, uh, another Star Wars question: Would you like to see Qui Gon in the Obi Wan series? Um. Sh- sure. I mean, if the story calls for it, then uh, yeah, I'm all for it. All right, guys, that will do it for this episode of the Zig Setzel Show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, make sure you guys are check out all the all the great stuff we got going on in the podcast feed. And also, don't forget, make sure you guys go check out End of the Line on the YouTube channel and my, King, my Godzilla vs. Kong uh, trailer reaction all on the Zig Setzel YouTube channel. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace out. Oh, 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 oh,